Hey folks, it's Taylor. And I'm Chris. And we're van lifers from Canada. We joined the van life community in 2019, shortly after meeting, and realizing our mutual interest in adventure and alternative living. Here, we discuss all things van life, and life more generally. And along the way, we get to host some really incredible guests in the community. This is the Life in Van Podcast. Hey folks! In the history of this podcast, we've had the pleasure of hosting a diverse number of tiny homes, all ranging from vans to ambulances and even Honda Civics. One we haven't focused on too much, however, is bus builds, but that's about to change this week. You're about to meet Nicole and Charlie, a duo currently living in the U.S. who spent a little over a year converting what I believe to be the dreamiest bus that exists out there. I'm talking about a full kitchen, bathroom, wood-burning stove, and loads of space to work, chill, and sleep. I highly recommend you check us out at the Life and Van podcast on Instagram if you want to see photos of their interior and all that good stuff, as well as checking us out on YouTube at Chris Wanders. Um, I'm the type of person that loves to see the actual interview going down, and that is where we post it alongside, obviously, the audio from that episode. So make sure you're subscribed and following. And on that note, I hope y'all enjoy this episode. Yeah, so I would really like to start with how you guys met, because obviously, Charlie, it's clear from your accent that you are from Australia. Um, and I just, I need to know the origin story of you guys. How'd you, how'd you make me, Nicole? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Charlie and his friend, Charlie was playing rugby. He got hurt twice and basically said, that was his whole life. I'm telling your story. I'm Tell sorry. my story. Yeah, so I, I, was playing, I was playing rugby in Australia. I got injured and decided to travel. Uh, one of my buddies started a business in America, in Hollywood, and uh, asked if I wanted to go give him a hand. And yeah, one thing led to another, gave him a hand, and then we went into business together in Las Vegas. Um, three, three years down the track, Nicole comes walking in on a, on a birthday party with a bunch of girls, and uh, yeah, saw her, and yeah, let's yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> it was literally, we were, my group of girlfriends was walking down the street, Charlie was there, they sold us to go on this pub crawl with them, and yeah, we've been together since that. <laughs> what happened in Vegas didn't stay in Vegas. That's really amazing. I'm I'm so stoked, and obviously, you know, Charlie, with everything that's going on with the pandemic, and and not being able to see your mom for for so long now. What did she think about, you know, bus life? And was she kind of, I'm sure obviously you guys have talked and you've like let her in on what's going on. And um, when you went to see her, how much did you have to get her caught up on? <laughs> yeah, so mom and dad were very cautious when I first told them about bus life. Um, I remember dad just going, what are you doing that for? You know, it's a money pit. You should just buy a house. And I'm like trying to explain like, hey, there's some really cool things you can do and see. And he just... He was kind of against it. I think nine months in, he, you know, he's the first, he's that biggest supporter, and that you know, was like pretty important, uh, pretty awesome. But yeah, mum, mum calls me every day, so she FaceTimes me every day. Um, every, every day, every day, yeah. So if I don't answer, she thinks something's wrong. So <laughs> I thought it'd be great like to FaceTime her somewhere. She'll do like five or six times a day if I don't answer. Um, but yeah, I thought it'd be best to. FaceTime her when I get to Australia and, you know, her reaction was priceless. Um, just that whole week I spent with her and kind of filled her in what I was doing and um, and everything that Nicole and I have been, you know, working towards. It's just been, yeah. I feel like one of the biggest questions you get asked is why did you get into bus life? And we always joke, we're like, we cannot remember. 
we like started. But it basically was we were living in a high rise in Chicago when COVID first started and everyone, you know, didn't know what was going on and what was what. And we didn't want to be in Chicago anymore. And my dad has a cabin that he lives full time in up in northern Wisconsin. And he just said, come here, come here, come here. We quarantined for 14 days, drove up there. And we originally thought we were going to buy a house. So, like, we had saved a lot. Not a lot, but for us, <laughs> enough to do a down payment. And then um, we just started saying there's nowhere we know of that we want to live. And we have always, like, made travel a priority as a couple. That's what we save our money to do. And then I don't know how we found a school bus, so I think we just must have seen a couple online, and we're like, let's do that. What made you guys do a bus over a van, over an RV? Like, what What was the bus decision? Yeah, we knew. So for us, with an RV, we felt like we couldn't make it our own, or it would have been harder to make our own. And then with a van, we both work full-time. We both sit on Zoom calls full-time, so we were like, that's not going to work. I don't know how we would both do that. So with the bus, we were able to design it in a way where we both have a little bit of privacy and we both can work from home. And I think that was the biggest factor is where will we be comfortable working, have enough space, and then still be able to travel. Yeah. I, think, I think when we realized how cheap a bus was, like I wasn't sure like, the prices of school buses. And I saw one for 3000 and 5000 I'm like, holy damn, that's a, you know. No one realizes, unless you obviously look at it in the market, but it is pretty, um, pretty cheap to get in there. It's, it's relatively cheaper than let's say a mercedes and you made a really good point actually about the individual workspace and that's something that taylor and i are a little i want to say sweaty about not nervous sweaty because thinking about having our own workspaces in a tiny van um is so absolutely terrifying and having the cats too you know we have young cats so they're very rambunctious and you know personal space means nothing to them and i don't know how baby is that's that's your guys's cat um i don't know if baby just does like her own thing just like you know what i just want my bed and i don't want you to talk to me um and this is where i'm gonna be but i love that y'all have your own kind of dedicated workspaces to be able to do your own thing um and my, my question actually in terms of that is, were you able to kind of transition really easily um, with your work into bus life? I think for me, it's been easier because um, I, I work in tech and um, I've worked, re- I've, I don't know how, but I've worked remotely since I graduated college. Um, and I used to travel a lot. And then obviously with COVID, that doesn't happen anymore, which I'm happy about. I don't need to be going on a bunch of business trips (laughs) um but anyway so for me it was pretty easy because it was like you're already remote we closed down all of our offices which I think a lot of companies are doing and making the whole company remote so it's been fine as long as I have wi-fi that's honestly the biggest stress for us in nomadic living is making sure we have wi-fi but other than that there's zero change in like my work environment yeah, it's been it's been difficult uh, with mine. I'm in real estate, Chicago, um, but I've been able to manage a few clients just virtually because you know a lot of people still don't want to go in and see the buildings and that and whatnot. But 
it's a little difficult, but once again, we don't have the overheads that we used to have. Um, you know, living the normal city life. So that's kind of, kind of evens out in a way. I love that, you know, bus life just kind of picking a bus made more sense. Financially, it made more sense. Um, there, I agree completely. The, the pricing for them is hugely cheaper than, um, vans. And I'm kind of interested, you know, how, were there any issues while you were building it out and, were there any times that you thought, man, maybe maybe a different vehicle would have been easier? <laughs> Every week. <laughs> I don't think we fought more in our relationship than when we were building the bus. <laughs> yeah, we, we knew that if we got this done, then we're solid I, as a relationship. <laughs> well, no, we it's, can get um, through this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think, I think for us, it was just kind of like, we used to think jobs were easier than what they were. And uh, we kind of learned, learned that the hard way. Like we'd go in a project and be like, oh yeah, we'll get this done today. We'll get this done the next hour. And, um, and I realized it took us, you know, three days or two weeks to get that one thing done that we thought. So patience was the key that we were missing. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't think we ever had a big, um, wrong vehicle at all. I think we were pretty happy. Well, you were, you wanted a bigger one at the start. I did. I thought we a... wanted a 40 foot <laughs> bus. Ours is only 32. <laughs> And I'm so happy with it because we fit in like two parking spaces. It's yeah. just like, to me, it looks small. And people are like, what do you mean that's a big bus? I'm like, no, it's small and cute. <laughs> yeah, small, cute, livens the place up. I'm thinking like, I, I know nothing actually about different bus sizes. So that just tells you the little I know. I thought there was just kind of one standard size other than the short buses. And did you have to, because this is so common I find in buses, unless you can find one that it already has it done, did you have to do a roof raise? No. No, we didn't. So I'm pretty short. Not really. I'm 5'10". Five, no, five, and what's the... Our middle height is probably 6'2". Six, 6'2". Two. Six, two. I don't know what that is in centimeters, but um, it's what enough height for us. But when we have tall friends over, they have to stand in our skylight because they don't fit. But... I, I would fit. <laughs> yeah, you'll fit. Come on in. I feel like that's all that matters, right? As long as I can fit, then it's who cares about anybody else, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, sorry, you got to sit down. Whole time you're in here, take a seat. They kind of know before they get in. They kind of stand at the front or stand on the stairs. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll just look it from the back. No, that's so funny. Yeah, I, I, I'm grateful that you didn't have to do that because I see it online and I see people doing it. And again, I nothing, no knowledge of bus stuff. And I'm watching it and I just think, how? First of all, how? Second of all, damn. And third of all, how long does that take and how expensive is that? Because it seems like I'd imagine it's pricey to have to bring it up and then to know how much you want to bring it up and to have to factor in, okay, insulation and then materials for the ceiling. Cause obviously you don't want pink insulation showing, um, and, and kind of how you're going to make it look. So, so happy y'all didn't have to deal with that. Cause that's probably a straight up nightmare. Um, but the thing that I love about your bus is how it looks. And I know, I feel like, you know, everyone gets really hung up on the aesthetics, but y'all actually like killed it. <laughs> it looks so polished and so good. And how long was your actual build out? Um, it took us, it took us a solid nine months, give or take. Uh, we worked, we pretty much worked on it every day. Yeah. You did. Charlie would work on it during the week because his job's a little more flexible than mine. Yeah. And then we both would work on it during the weekends and... 
But it was like, it was kind of like nonstop working though, like even though we're researching and... Nine months is really solid for how your bust looks. And, you know, I'll make sure that on our social media that I include a couple photos of your interior because I think that'll pair really well with, with talking about it. Because I think when I realized, because you were still in the building stages when I think when we were following each other. And I remember seeing your bathroom and I just knew that it was over for everybody on the internet. Like, it was <laughs> over, done. It was the neon sign. It was just the beautiful. So what, you got to tell people, what does the neon sign say in your bathroom? Um, it says, let shit go. <laughs> <laughs> and it's right above our toilet. <laughs> That's the kind of motivation I need before I go to the bathroom, actually. If, if I don't have someone, like, kind of saying that to me before I go in, I'm like, I don't know how it's going to go. So I, I I love the entire feel of your bathroom. And is it is it, you don't have to share this, and you may have shared it already online, but for everything that you did to your build and everything that you, and now that it's, well, it's, I feel like when you're building, it's never really done, even when you say it's done. But what was your budget? And were you able to stick within that? Sure. Um, so we, the actual bus was $3,500. So when you talk about like buying a vehicle cheap, I do think the market's kind of gone up since we bought our bus in 2020. Um, but we had a down payment ready for a house. I think I mentioned that earlier. And we said, like, we plan to live in this for at least a year. We were paying rent in Chicago. That was stupid expensive because we wanted to live in Chicago. So we said, if we can at least keep it within that range, we'll be happy. So we were shooting for, like, 35K. And I think we spent, like, 45K-ish, 42. And honestly, a lot of that was just because we had no idea what we were doing. So yeah. we bought materials we didn't need. And then by the time we actually got to the project, it was too late to return it. And now they're sitting at my dad's house for him to enjoy. Yeah, I think if we if we were to do another project, we'd probably do it under 30. Um, yeah. a, a bulk of that as well was electric. And I didn't realize how expensive electric is. Uh, we did a consultation with, I forgot who it was, but he was like, what's your budget for electric? And I was thinking like, oh yeah, two, three grand, four, yeah, two grand. He's like, oh, he's like, nah. Two batteries? At, yeah, two, he's like, you're looking about, you know, eight to 15 or he goes, what do you need? And I'm like, holy, and that's when we sat back and like, okay, this is going to cost a lot more than we thought. And uh, yeah, we just, yeah, that was it. We just kept going. I can easily say that electrics is the most expensive part of a build, especially when trying to predict how much power you'll need. And of course, for a bus, there is a lot more space and a lot more stuff needing to be run. Therefore, more batteries and more power needing to go to those things. Um, that's my electrical talk, by the way. You could tell I'm very, very well, well rehearsed in that. Um, I don't. I'm not setting up our electrical, by the way. Um, so I, I, I totally feel that. And our setup, we're super grateful because we were able to do a partnership this round because I knew. I'm like, and Battleborn batteries was so cool, but when. They, they did our setup for us. Yeah, and they did our setup for us and it was really great. And it wasn't until after the fact that I just, I was just, I it piqued my interest. I'm like, okay, we got the products. Now we know what we have. I kind of want to see what it costs. I never wanted to see that page ever again for the rest of my life, ever, 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 ever. And they will, they owe like a part of my soul because you know, they, what they gave us, I'm thinking, oh my God, I can never afford this. And it's, and you made a really good point. Um, I think it was you, Nicole, that said, you know, since 
everyone, the movement's really blown up. Prices for everything have just like skyrocketed. Um, And, you know, we had said for this build, we said our first build was probably around 10K. And the only reason why it was 10K was because it was very much like only meant for weekends and we're living in it full time. Make that make sense. Um, And so we said, okay, 30K for our next build um, just because of everything that we knew we would need in it. Um, so you're saying it was around 40 and I'm interested to know what in your build have you guys installed and put in that you would say is unique and maybe different than, um, some of what other people have put in their builds and some, some favorite features that you guys have added. Um, probably the most unique thing is our layout. So we have, I called it an L shape layout in this video I did and everyone was like, that is not an L, your bus is an S. Okay. S shape layout. Yeah. Um, so we have that. And the reason we did it is because I just do not like doing bathroom activities in my kitchen sink. And I was like, Charlie, I need a bathroom sink and I need a kitchen sink. And so we wanted enough space to have a shower, a toilet and a sink in our bathroom. And that's how we got kind of that triangle shaped bathroom. And then we tiled the whole thing. So I, I don't know. I love that part of it. Um, but definitely, and the other thing is we, I feel like when you're building in a unique space, if you are able to have a budget for it, you can buy things that you probably couldn't buy if you were building a house. So it's like, oh, we're tiling, I don't know, what is that, like 10 square feet? So we can maybe buy tile that's a little more expensive that I would never put in a house because it would cost way too much. So. That's actually so true. That's a really good point that you need less of something. Therefore, you can kind of splurge a little bit because it's like, eh, you know, it's fine. We'll have we'll have a little bougie bathroom. Um, okay, Charlie, your turn. Let's go. I need a whole list breakdown. Like, let's yeah, go. List. <laughs> um, just, just on top of that layout, I think because a lot of, we, get, we get asked a lot of questions like floor plans and, and like layouts. We never had. We had a kind of a, a little floor plan that we taped out at the start. But we never actually... We were just so lucky everything just kind of flowed in place. Um, lucky? I measured everything. No, but like... <laughs> this was not luck. <laughs> we had the couch, you so we just kept changing as we went, Yeah, um, which was really cool. But yeah, I was. I remember at the end of the build, I was like, wow, it all works. <laughs> Everything's in, you know, yeah. we can walk around this place. Um, yeah. But we couldn't see that at the start because it was kind of just taped out. Like, how do we walk around? Um, but yeah. On my favorite feature, I'm going to say the, um, say the wood stove. Oh, I knew, I knew you would say that. <laughs> it's just something about having a fire in your house uh, and you can go feed it and fire and just the whole aesthetic. I feel like it gives off a lot of like cabin vibes to be able to have. And I, I know, I feel like a lot of buses can almost safely have a wood stove kind of going on. It's a little, it's a little like, traumatic in a van for me at least like personally to think about having an open flame like next to my bed my kitchen my toilet and my driving <laughs> so I, I get a little anxious sometimes I lose sleep but um I love I love your wood stove and that was another feature that I loved because now it's my turn what do I love about your bus um because <laughs> I've been in it um and I really like your layout. And I think another feature that I really um, love, and I think you've highlighted a lot about your kitchen space, and that is actually a space that I love in your bus and um, how you manage to make it flow really well in your layout and kind of, it almost feels like its own little 
space. Um, everything is very open concept in tiny homes, so everything almost feels like it starts to blend together. And a, a room is definitely multi-purpose. Um, and did you guys really want to focus on being able to have a super functional kitchen space? Yes. Um, our honestly, our most important thing was can we both work from this space? And so we designed everything around that. Um, we talked about the bathroom, like we had. I had some must-haves in the bathroom, so we. We did the measurements for that. And then I said, I need a permanent space to work. I don't want to have to be like flipping up a table or setting up a table every single day. I want it to be permanent. And then Charlie also needs a space to work. So we measured out how can we make a desk fit in our bedroom? And then how can we have a separate space in the front? So I do think we sacrificed a lot of kitchen storage that a lot of other people have. Any regrets? It, it totally makes sense now that you know, we were really focused on other aspects, which are still super important. Um, and what do you wish you did different for your kitchen? I wish that, okay, so one thing is we don't have, we have one drawer that fits all of our pots and pans. And then all of our food is like crammed in these upper storages, upper storage cabinets. So it's hard to get to our dry food. And then we don't have a place for silverware. So our silverware is like in this little bucket, which is fine, but it's kind of annoying to pull it. So I think we're going to take all of our spice jars out and figure out like one of those magnetic solutions because it drives us bonkers trying to dig back there. Um, so I just wish maybe we had like one more section that was just a row of drawers. When Nicole said, we wanted to be able to beat both in the kitchen at the same time. So kind of cut and prep with cook. We do a lot of cooking at home and that was important for us, uh, especially Vegan, uh, a lot more, a lot more cooking and chopping. Um, but yeah, we wanted to be able to be comfortable in the kitchen, um, and, and most of our meals we cook. <laughs> I'm just laughing that you dropped. Like it's like, how do you know someone's vegan? It's like they'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, like you, like you laid that out so clearly. Just like, cause I know you're wondering. Yes, of course we're vegan. When we were, when I wasn't vegan, I was. It was just chuck a bit of steak on there and chicken and couple of veggies in your sauté. You don't need to prep. Now, I feel like being vegan has made us more in the kitchen a lot more. Prepping time takes four times as long. How do you find being vegan in your bus? Like, I, I know so many people that have either, they started out vegan and they always, always have been, or they got into the van life and, and or bus life and started. So obviously you're saying it's a lot easier to just, you know, throw on steak, chicken. There really is no prep time for that, I agree. How has it been to be vegan other than meal prepping? How has it been in the lifestyle? Easy, like hard? I think it's been easy. We, um, we've been vegan for a while. So I think you go through that stage when you switch your diet anytime of like, how do I cook to meet my dietary needs appropriately? And that took us like a year and a half to figure out. And we were eating like not great meals and it was kind of boring. And then we kind of got in a flow of how to do that better. And so I think by the time we got on the bus, we already, we had like recipes we already liked. And so it wasn't yeah. that, honestly, it wasn't that different for us. And then it just, a lot of people in this lifestyle happen to be vegan. So it's nice. Like when you, you do family dinners with people, there's always normally like another group that's vegan and that's been nice. Yeah. And we've got, we've got um, a ton of storage space in our freezer and fridge. I think that helps. Um, that, yeah, definitely helps me be able to put veggies and and all that, all the spot, all the cool sources that we have. <laughs> I, I do find that when we were living in our van, we 
were less likely to buy a lot of products because we just simply didn't have the space. So we ended up having to do more grocery run runs throughout the week um, to get fresh produce. And I found though that my diet was actually, and I have an awful diet. If you know anything about me, um, it's that I am disgusting and I probably shouldn't be alive based on what I put in my body. Um, and <laughs> and what I consume. No, I'm serious. I actually had a really good van life friend, um, couple, and they're from France, but they moved here and did van life here, which is just like mind boggling and amazing. Um, and his name is Tongi and he knows my diet because we're really close friends. And he just said, don't take this the wrong way, but I, when you pass away, natural causes, um, I would love you to donate your body to science so that they can see how your body, like how, how your organs could have possibly kept you alive, um, for this long. So, um, I, I, I do find that in van life, bus life, nomad life, you don't really have room to have shit. <laughs> like you kind of got to have just what you absolutely need to eat. Um, did that stop me from making a snack drawer in our van? Absolutely not. That was actually what we were known for for a while. Um, so it's doable is what I'm saying and that you should do it um, if you haven't already implemented a snack drawer closet. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I wanted to talk about the community. You know, you kind of touched on getting to do those community meals and I find that so special in this lifestyle, but were you surprised at all by how many people you met um, on the road and in bus life? Yes. Yeah, yes. very surprised. That was, we, I feel like it comes off cheesy when you post about it on social media. Like, this community is so great. We love it so much. But you genuinely make this decision of, you know, whether it's because you've been watching other people online or for whatever reasons you might have, and you make this decision of, I'm going to move into a van or a bus or whatever it might be. And then you start meeting other people through social media. And I will say, like, I had a pretty poor relationship with social media prior to our bus account. And all of a sudden, it's like the most helpful people <laughs> in this country just appeared. And they're like, oh, you don't know how to wire your solar. Let me get on a FaceTime with you and I can show you how. Or you're stuck and something mechanical is broken down and you're in the middle of the desert. I'll be there in an hour to help you fix it. It just, it blows my mind how many wonderful people we've met from that decision. I'm that cheesy chick on Instagram saying like, I'm just so grateful for this community. And I am that person. So I am so just loving on everybody here because it's so true like I I can't believe I there is ever anything outside of this lifestyle and the people in it because everyone is just so similar and so on the same wavelength and I mean everyone's reasonings for getting into the lifestyle might be so different and some are choices and some aren't but I find that for the most part why everyone has stayed and why everyone really enjoys it is the same and all has like very similar aspects to it. You made a comment about your relationship with social media being really poor. And it's, I find that just like kind of funny because of the success that you guys have had with Outback Schooly, um, both on TikTok and on Instagram. One, was that planned? And two, how do you feel about where it's going now? Yeah, yeah. they call, they call like us a man. <laughs> Nicole's amazing at keeping 
up to date with pictures and stuff. Like I, I get on there a couple of times and chat to a few people, but it's usually Nicole replying to everybody and talking, having those relationships. I don't and, think that's true. Oh yeah, I get. We, well, we, so most of it. I would say I feel like <laughs> social media for me before it's right. You typically are following your friends, and then you're following like news outlets or influencers, whatever it might be. And I felt like I didn't have a healthy relationship with it. Um, because I would follow and ingest a lot of things that didn't make me feel good. And then, um, we started the bus account with no intention of like anything, just this will be fun and there's community. So we'll build, you know, try and meet other people. And then honestly, a lot of our, um, growth came from sharing in like Facebook groups and other people picking up our build and resharing it. That's where a lot of our growth came from. Um, but I still think it's, we figured out a system where like, I'll mostly create the content and then I have a hard time with, um, like my social meter and my, how frequently we're engaging. So Charlie does a lot of that. Like he'll take on the engagement, the messaging, um, and you're good at that. And I yeah. feel like... Well, sometimes you'll see you'll see two comments from Outback <laughs> Schooly. And the guy didn't realize the code comment earlier. Like, ah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel special if I get a double comment from, I feel like that's even better. Like screw one comment. If I have two comments and it is, it's like they're seeing this for the first time again and they love it so much again that they're commenting again, then I've, I've, I'm, I don't need anything else in life. Yeah. <laughs> but we've been having conversations lately of you know, what do we want to do here? I think it's so curated and this is why a lot of people prefer TikTok over Instagram, I think is because there's not as much of that on TikTok. And so I think we're trying to move a little bit more into like, how do we just show who we are and why we're doing this and who we're doing this? Because we think it's the best way to live and we don't have like a lot of, um, I feel like motivation to go back to how we were living before. So if we can even inspire someone else that yes, you can do it and you might, what's the right word? Relate to us. A yeah. little bit, and then you feel like you can do it more. Like that's what we want to do. And yeah, we get we get a few requests uh, every now and then that come through, and people are just starting the builds, and I always like kind of sit there like, yeah, there that was I was there, you know, a year ago, like that was us. We were requesting people, and you know, so it's really cool to have those conversations and give give our insight and tips um, on what what we did right, what we did wrong, and and you know where to start, kind of thing. And just kind of that's cool. Um, but yeah, the the whole social media thing. I'm I'm still a Facebook guy. Yeah, Charlie's like with the oldies still, on yeah, Facebook. Yeah. I'm like, who are you all, talking to? He's like homies. my my auntie. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook. So I'm still on Facebook. That, that to me, I get a kick out of it. You know, I get my 50 likes and comments like, yes, this is me. You know, because I know these are my friends I grew up with. Uh, but Instagram, it's been good. It's we, we enjoy it, I think, but I think the more, if we can help people um, get into this lifestyle, we think it's great and, you know, yeah, it's, that's why we do it, I think. It's... Yeah, you guys have, you guys have been like killing it with the content specifically and, and it, it was nice. I, I think when I really noticed a shift in, I think how often and how frequent you were becoming with your posting was, I think it was a nice little boost because Kim had taken some really stunning photos of you guys and you'd started posting those a bit more often. And I loved seeing you guys lifestyle shots in the bus doing like everyday things and showing how that looks. And then I really noticed like an uptick in 
the content that you guys were creating and sharing and it was super noticeable and, and, and it's so awesome. And I find too, I see you guys everywhere in my explore, like explore feed because your, your stuff gets shared all the time on reshare pages. Like I'm seeing it's always Nicole sticking out of the bus when oh, the you book. guys first brought it home yeah and you're like sticking out um and then i think there's one of you guys in front of it too that i usually see and it's always before and then you get to see the kind of the progress of of the build and um so i see you guys all the time just killing it just absolutely dominating the space um and and so well deserved because a lot of freaking work goes into maintaining that um and it makes me really happy to see that it's at least starting to pay off for you guys, um, at least from the outside looking in. Obviously, I know there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes. Um, so my next question now is what is and I know it's kind of hard to to ask, you know, what your future is going to look like. But now that you've done bus life and now that you've had time on the road and, and in this lifestyle, what does your future look like and has it changed from what your initial plans were when you first started? Um, I don't think it's changed too much. Like we've never been the type of people to settle down um, in, a, in a spot. And um, so I think we're still on, I don't know. We joke that we have commitment issues to everything except each other. <laughs> That's actually a really nice thing to not have commitment issues to. <laughs> yeah, so we... I don't, I don't want to say like we never want to settle down or like in no means do we want to come off as like that's not a right way to live. Like just for us, we like moving. I don't know. I think we kind of maybe unhealthily thrive off some stress sometimes. And we, I think initially said we'll get in the bus, we'll do it for a year and then we'll look to like we'll find where we want to live. That was the goal of traveling is we'll find somewhere we love. And I think we've still been like, eh, is there anywhere we like permanently yeah. want a house? We still like don't, we haven't like fallen in love with anywhere. And I think it's hard because, you know, you go to a certain area and you're like, the landscape's beautiful. I love it so much here. But like, do, do your values align with maybe what values are in that area or, you the know, weather. the opposite <laughs> and the weather. And the weather's like, a big key. We yeah. haven't found. I can't do winter. I've... Come to realize. Winter, so. raining, desert. <laughs> we can't do a lot of things. Oh, we, we can, but we don't want it. We, now that we're in a bus and we know there's always, you know, a spot that we can go with better weather. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of. But yeah. Australia's still on the cards as well. Um, we'd like to go to spend some more time in Australia. Um, I think that is still still there. and um, But we still, we're, it's still an open book. I think we have this year's going to be pretty busy with traveling. Um, but in terms of, where we want to settle, we still have no idea. Uh, we're looking at maybe putting a bus on a block of land maybe down the road, but yeah, it's, it's all up in the air. So many possibilities, endless possibilities for what you guys can do. And it might be kind of cool to have like almost a couple different like tiny homes in different states, like different areas so that you can kind of escape, you know, being in one place. You're like, oh, there's going to be rain, like really bad weather. Like this is the winter here. Let's just go somewhere else. Like, let's go to our other house. <laughs> and I mean, being able to have multiple houses would be like just fabulous. So, um, I mean, 
that's always really nice. But in terms of finances, and obviously like your jobs didn't change when you transitioned into bus life. Um, how was it not having to pay into like, uh, you know, mortgage and property and just having kind of one fixed, um, you know, bill, I guess, cause it still costs money like to do your stuff. Um, how has that been for you guys in terms and have you been able to save? I would say, so we did a full loop, um, on the West coast for about six months and we moved every single week and we were driving four to five hours every single week. And I would say when we were doing that, we honestly didn't save that much money because gas, you know, out West five, it's, it's expensive. Um, but so we spent two months at my dad's and then we got back on the road in October and we've been moving a lot slower since then. And we've definitely been able to start saving and to, I think we needed to like get on the road, figure out what was going to work for us. And now it's kind of like our second roundabout. And we, we know our budget a little bit more. We know how to save money. We definitely are more comfortable staying in free spots. And so, um, we try and try and do things like that to, to save. Yeah. I think the calls are out the gas prices. That's the biggest killer on the yeah. road. It's the most, and, it's like it's, rent. <laughs> but it's hard though, because you get excited, you know, you get to a new, new place like, yeah, let's go to the next place. And then your friends are three hours away or in a different state and you get there in five hours and you don't even think twice about, you know, it would be cheaper to get a plane ticket over there kind of thing. That was my biggest concern, I think, with getting a, if we had ended up doing a bus or an RV was, was stealth camping. And we really rely on that here. I mean, you know, we've, we've found some really cool spots to be able to park and, and we're lucky because we have the extended sprinter, but again, of course it's no bus. Like it's, it's much smaller. You can kind of still pass it off as a work van. Um, has that ever been an issue for you? Do you have to spend money on actual camping sites or have you found some really nice free spots? Um, we, we try to find free spots, but if we were to get to a location, that's why we kind of like to get to a location where it's still light. Uh, if the location doesn't have Wi-Fi and it's dark, then we really don't have a choice. Um, but to try and find a cheaper spot to pay for. But yeah, that's, uh, yeah. we have, we have stayed in a lot of paid spots when, because of that. Yeah. In, a, in the States, I feel like when you're in West of Colorado, it's pretty easy to camp to boondock and to camp for free. When we're east of there, we do, well, we try and do a lot of hip camps, um, yeah. but if those aren't available or Walmarts aren't available, then we'll pay. Or sorry, not hip camp, Har- hip Harvest camp is paid, Harvest House. <laughs> and hip camps. We, we, yeah, hip we camps do are. do some hip camps. Yeah. We like it because it's just like a family who's offering yeah. their land or something like that. I think too, transitioning like into the lifestyle until you really get a hang of it, it almost, is a sense of security and comfort knowing that, okay, if we really can't find a spot, like we can go pay for a park, like a, a, an RV and an RV park or, you know, somewhere where we can park for the night and know that we're good. Um, and I actually, I can totally respect that. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, especially when you're getting your footing um, in the lifestyle and apps like iOverlander and I, there's tons of others and I can literally only think of iOverlander. Um, but they're they're great for that. And, and people are really awesome for leaving reviews and like, you know, pinning really great, like hidden gems um, that you're able to kind of go check out, um, which is just, really nice but that i feel like that comes with time we didn't even know about iOverlander for months into living in the van so we were just like hey i was looking at google maps today and there looks like there's no houses here so maybe we just go see if it's crossland 
That's yeah. amazing. That I feel like you guys respect. Yeah. <laughs> you deserve. Yeah, it was it was really interesting, but uh, it I, it makes me it. I mean, it it's nice to know that you guys really haven't had too much of an issue with finding some places. So. Just to wrap up with everything, I, I want to know what is on the docket for the next little bit. Like, what's the plan? Are you going anywhere special? Fill me in on everything. We're going next week or two weeks. Um, I'm turning thirty in two weeks, Ooh. so we are gonna. <laughs> I'm so old. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I feel like thirty is a thriving time in your life. We'll see. Um. So we're I'm gonna... turning 25, yeah. so I could I could use some time to thrive. That'd be great. I'm 25 and not thriving right now. So if 30 is when I thrive, five more years, it's okay. <laughs> people have told me, like, I feel like in your 20s, you think you're having the time of your life, but really my favorite years have been, like, my 30s. I'm like, okay, that makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah, that's comforting. <laughs> um, So Sorry. we're doing a trip with, like, I don't know how our friends agreed to this, but they're, a bunch of us are going to go to Mexico, which we're excited about. Um, we're flying that. We're not driving the bus. Yeah. We have some very nice bus friends that are going to watch the bus and baby for uh, baby the cat, not a human baby for us. <laughs> if you weren't if you weren't listening to the beginning of the episode where I said baby the cat, just yeah. <laughs> unfollow me right now. Unfollow me. Don't talk to me. Baby is like well, baby's getting um, her own episode. I didn't tell you guys. I ran it by baby. Emailed her. Um, she hasn't gotten back to me. It's fine. Um, that's really nice, though, that someone's going to be, like, watching her and the bus. That's actually uh, comforting to know that the bus is going to be, like, in really good hands. <laughs> I know. We're so grateful. Um, but then we're really undecided. I think we're either going to maybe go yeah. when we get back. We're yeah. maybe going to go east and honestly start looking into some land. Um, or my brother's up in Vancouver and we might do a little Canada road trip. Yeah, it's, it's on the cards. <laughs> okay, so this is what I'm saying. <clears throat> so go east, 100%. And then just like for funsies, um, go up like a lot east and then go up. And then um, you're going to see this like l mass of like land. It's called Ontario. It's so cool there. Um, I am there. <laughs> and you need to like just for like a second go there um i'll meet you um there and we'll hang out because one it's awesome it really is uh, I, i'm not just hyping it up um vancouver's obviously amazing but ontario's super underrated um it's it's got some really nice spots and i'll show you i'll be your tour um your tour guide so yeah you gotta come up though i think that actually is really amazing and if you're looking for really cheap land just between us squirrel friends, if you go and check out um, like New Brunswick and stuff like that, they've got some really, really cheap property. Um, I have really good friends from our little outpost. They have, don't quote me, 225 acres that oh, I believe whoa. that they, oh, oh, it's stupid. It is stupid. And I there was this, they got this, again, do not quote me. I. It was like, the either very low 200k or just under canadian so that's like 
dumb. That's stupid. And it's like this tiny little cabin on the property. I say tiny little cabin. It's a beautiful cabin. We went there actually when we did our Quebec trip and then we just like, just like went into New Brunswick a little bit. Um, and it's amazing. So if you're looking for really cheap property, they really want young people out in New Brunswick because it's just a bunch of old farts and they want people out there. Sorry to all the old farts that might be listening to this um, or the young people out there that might be listening to this. Just let me know that you're there and that you're safe. Um, and yeah, so it's, they're really trying to get a lot of people out there. So if you're looking for something, maybe a little trip away when it's not snowing, <laughs> um, come. <laughs> it's really, really cool. Oh, amazing. I know. Big decisions, but we'd love to get up there. Anyways, guys, I, I so appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and just let me basically word vomit at you um, for an hour um you are amazing and friends if you want to check out outback schoolie it's nicole and charlie both on tiktok and on instagram um check them out absolutely just flood their account um give them love and and tell them if if you found them through the podcast tell them that and and tell me and um yeah guys you're freaking awesome <laughs> it was a pleasure to have no, we're so grateful that you even wanted to have us on. And we, I feel like I've just been watching your account from afar and just wanting to be you. I'm like, she's so cool. How do I be like Chris? <laughs> oh my God, don't be like me. We're, okay, first of all, did we not discuss how manic I was earlier? This is a facade. It's a facade. I'm not well. <laughs> I'm not well. Um, no, you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest fan of you guys and just being able to watch your, your growth online has been really, really amazing because again, so well-deserved. Um, so lots of love to both of you. And I really hope that I get to see you and Nicole, like happy early birthday. Um, and I hope Mexico is amazing. Um, and, uh, yeah, you guys just have safe travels. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Chris. Thank you all so much for checking out this week's episode of the Life and Van podcast, hosted and produced by me, Chris, and Taylor. To show your support for the podcast, make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Life and Van podcast. There you'll get to see upcoming guest episodes and get the opportunity to engage a bit more um, with the community revolved around the Life and Van podcast. We've been loving your messages and your comments on our posts and really getting the feedback from you guys of what you've been liking, what you'd like more of, and it's just been a really awesome opportunity to connect with you all. We'll see you next Friday for a brand new episode.